It was like, Jimmy, just don't mess this up. First play of the game set the tone, and that was a brown noise that made everyone shit themselves. Like, that's what I was going to say in the GOAT segment, but I just forgot to say it. This Lothoris um, is both terrible and terrible. <laughs> I've got nothing else. I'm not below shameless self-promotion. It's game time. So to me, that would be a good way to open it up. Yes. You know, so yeah, there's definite appeal there. Oh, no, we just lost our under 20 demographic. It was a fizzle. So where do young people go when they're not uh, catching passes at the Steelers, Tay? Someone like the Jets will probably throw a massive coin at him to try and send his career into a tailspin. Hot diggity dog. I'm an optimist. I, I like having lots of options. Because, I mean, we see this all the time. We see three for twos. We see two for ones. Honestly, mate, that'd be enough to make me play well. This is a game my wife and I play at home and you're like, whoa! <laughs> this is the Astro League. It sounds so weird in like an Australian accent. The Astro League. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the Astro League podcast. I think my sheriff's decision is I, I just wouldn't do it during the season. G'day, g'day and welcome to the Astro League fantasy football podcast. More accurately, lately it's been the Astros NFL playoffs fantasy football show. Either way you cut it, it's the number one Australian man. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast worldwide, and it originates right here in Canberra with me. I'm Matty C. I'm the host of the show, and today I'm going stag. My usual co-hosts are both off. They're cavorting around the countryside while I'm here at the office grinding away, as you'd expect. Uh, Taylor and I actually break a streak this week. We have recorded for 23 weeks in a row. That's how long it has been since our forces were not joined. So kind of sad to see that streak go. But there was actually even conversation that maybe we'd all take the week off. Not me, mate. Nah, couldn't convince me to take a week off. I am here. But you know what? Kind of glad that Taylor's not here because I think he'd be insufferable. He got like two things right last week in his predictions and he would just be right on his mouth. But look, let me give you the usual rundown. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We are at Astro League Podcast. You can even find us on Twitter all the time at Astro League Pod. We do have ways of you to uh, send us in a lot more information too on much more flexible mediums like our email address, astroleaguepodcast at gmail.com. And even if all these written and visual versions of things are not your style and you'd rather leave a voice message, you can do that too at anchor.fm forward slash astro hyphen league. Here is the gist of today's update. And it's an update. It's not a full-blown Astros podcast experience. I'm going to get into recapping the games from last week, uh, and that did decide the big Super Bowl matchup for next week, so it's kind of important. I'll get into what happened with all the games that we play around, predictions and our fantasy drafts from last week too, where we were right and where we were wrong. Uh, and I know there's a bunch of league news to grab a hold of, and you can get that here too. So no better place to start than right here. Let's head to the news desk. The results are in. The people have spoken. That's what it comes down to. We're not the no-fun league. But you need time to negotiate that. That's what my wife says. Very quick. Uh, Let's jump in and do this thing. Okay, there has been a few changes in the NFL since we last spoke. So, we know for sure 30 teams are gone, skis. 
There's a lot to be excited about when you see a team return, though, to the Super Bowl after only a few years away and that they've still got a core of the same roster. So that's kind of cool to see the Rams back pretty well as they were, but just with some superstars relieved and replaced by even super newer superstars. And then you look across the hallway and there is a completely new set of kids on the block ramping up against them. And it's kind of, wow, you've got this star-studded team versus the real upstarts. It's going to be a lot of fun, but... Getting to this point has actually thrown a bunch of things in motion. And, I mean, no bigger than Tom Brady retiring. We are going to hear Taylor just carry on about how he successfully called, you know, that the oldest player in the whole sport was a chance to finish up when his team got eliminated. And he's going to claim that as a win. It didn't happen in the wake of the loss. It happened many days later than the games that even followed his own defeat. Um, And that's where we see Tom Brady announce his retirement. So I'm not taking Taylor's shit here. And I'm announcing myself that the statute of limitations on a call this obvious doesn't stretch out to nine and ten days. He's not some oracle. He's not some genius or spoon-bending power brain. And I'm giving him no credit at all right now. Where You know, I would have probably lauded him for his call if Tom had come out two days after the loss and said he was ready to sign off. So, sorry, Taylor. Up yours, mate. Uh, The problem, though, is with a guy this big leaving the game, that leaves a huge legacy behind. And he was a guy who was of low draft pedigree, a guy kind of destined to be a journeyman career kind of backup, at best maybe a fringe starter, the guy who kind of, I don't know, bounces from roster to roster, doing a magnificent job holding a clipboard and kneeling a few times a season, going in when a quarterback sort of gets uh, bumped and needs a head injury assessment or hurts a shoulder for a series. But no, no, instead, he has more Super Bowl rings than any of the most successful franchises who've been in the competition for years and years and years and years since the whole Super Bowl era is 55 years. This guy has more rings than all of them in just 22. He's played the equivalent of pretty well three extra regular seasons of football just in the amount of playoff games he's fronted up for. Uh, He's thrown the ball for more yards than anyone ever, for more points than anyone ever, and he's done it for longer than anyone ever. And there are people in my country today who get a vote that counts the same as anybody else's, who weren't even born until Tom Brady had already won two, even three Super Bowls. So, you know, hats off to Tom for a great career. And in some respects, all this greatness does make it easy to gloss over some of the really tough spots. The suspension, one of the numerous scandals at that club in Boston, and even more recently, some scandalous stuff happening in the club in Tampa. And in the end, those things aren't going to be remembered. All we're going to remember is all the big and good stuff, same as we do with Michael Jordan, and just kind of forget that uh, he had some extremely regrettable moments and there was some really awful stuff happening in that Chicago team. Uh, all we remember is six from six, and we're just going to remember Tom, seven from ten, more rings than everybody. Goat, goat, goat. I guess the other thing that's interesting here is there is a bunch of heat on every place where you can get NFL news, all speculating on the next Aaron Rodgers chapter as well. Uh, just this week, we've seen in our own in, like league chat uh, for the Astro League owners that uh, there's been images of jersey swaps of Aaron Rodgers sporting the Tampa Bay 12 for starters which I think is a bit cheeky uh, the Colts uh, Broncos jerseys and more if you find any really fun ones please feel free to tag us in them uh, of course that is at Astro League Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Astro League Pod on Twitter tag us in all of them uh, we're not going to get tired of seeing them and we will collect all of them together and make a super Aaron Rodgers could go anywhere collage I'm telling you 
please help us out on that one. There was also a little bit of talk of, well, if Andrew Luck might be ready to come back, is he the guy who winds up in Tampa now that he's been retired long enough that the Colts don't have any part of ownership of his contracts anymore and he can just feel free to come back to the league as a free agent? I think that's kind of a bit of a large speculation too, but could you imagine him being seen on Instagram and Facebook in pictures of a Tampa Bay 12 jersey as well? That'd just be so funny. If you see anything around Andrew Luck, tag us in it. Or potential moves for Russell Wilson or any of these big quarterbacks where there is a bit of noise. Um, Okay, so in lieu of news, I've pretty much just turned that into a uh, hey, tag us and stuff segment, and I think that's kind of how it should be. Of course, the big news is we got the Super Bowl in just over a week's time, and of course, it's got Cincinnati, who I don't know how anyone who's not a Rams fan isn't just cheering for Cincinnati on the basis of underdog status. That's something that Aussies love to do. We We've got a really complex national identity where we front up to sports and we all think we should overperform. But also, you know, if we don't overperform, it's like, yeah, but look at us. We're in a tiny little country in the middle of nowhere. Um, So there is kind of this whole, well, gee, but if we turn up and we shirt front people a little bit and uh, people don't take us too seriously and and we stick it to them a bit, um, it's kind of hard not to support for a team like that. And we've seen the Bengals do that a couple of weeks in a row now. They go into... The Chiefs home ground, which is like, I don't know, at capacity, it's a whole different place. In the regular season, their record there is something like a 68% win rate. In the playoffs, it's barely over 500, and the Bengals go in there in a wonderful game where we see them do the impossible by beating, I don't know, some chump called Patrick Mahomes, another couple of guys named Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill, and some chump behind the, all the play calling called Andy Reid. Joe Burrow somehow hasn't lost a playoff game in his life. And it's just wild that that extends from high school to college into the NFL. Now, of course, what we're doing here is we're doing that easy thing you can do when we just blacklist last year, right? That doesn't count because he was an awful team who didn't qualify to be in elimination games. So he didn't lose any of those games. He also didn't play in them because his team wasn't good enough. So, you know, if you're doing that fudge factoring, yeah, of course, this streak extends. But tell you what, let's play that game. Go ahead firstly, though, and do this. Taylor and I, uh, let's get our drop together here. Uh, I'm just going to bundle in with Taylor's here because uh, I think that is sufficient for what we're about to experience. Taylor failed. (laughs) Yeah, failed is right. Um, I want to quickly say Taylor misses here because he and I were both on the Chiefs. So we picked the wrong team. But, you know, Taylor actually picks the right margin. I mean, he picks the wrong team, so I guess it doesn't matter. But just three points, and he said a three-point margin. He did completely pick the wrong team, so, you know, Taylor failed. I got bold, and I called Kansas City by 21 points. And, you know, G, in the early going, 21 points didn't look enough. So huge props to Cincy for tightening the screws, allowing Casey zero second-half points until there was no time left on the clock. I mean, the kick goes through the post after the game's finished. And, and, I mean, they kept Tyreek Hill to zero second-half catches. And also then I also want to just give props to the offense because they still had to make up a huge gap. It was 18 points at one point, and um, at halftime it was down to 11, and they brought it all the way back to get that thing to overtime. Now, I've got to give Manjot some props here because Manjot in the middle gets a double whammy of right in this one by not only picking Cincinnati to win on the road, but he also picked the margin of three points because Evan McPherson crushes, you know, just another 50-yarder away from the comfort of the jungle to grab this 27-24 overtime win. Bengals off to the Super Bowl. The other game, 
Number six, 49ers, going to number four, Rams. And going to, I mean, Manjot says that really SoFi Stadium is pretty much just San Francisco South. Firstly, Santa Clara is pretty much in, you know, the north of LA, right? I mean, <laughs> that's how far out of San Francisco the 49ers play their home games. Anyway, let's allow Manjot a little bit of room here to shed some tears because he's 49ers faithful through and through. And... When Taylor's team was eliminated a week earlier, we just chose not to address it and just quickly move on. When my team was eliminated back in <laughs> October, I don't know when the Jags got eliminated, but we, we didn't mention it. But San Francisco fought valiantly, and while they did their best to punch LA in the mouth, you just cannot lose a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter of a huge game again. Oh, it was like watching a movie where you've seen the ending before, and you're like... Oh, he's behind the door. He's behind the door. Don't look behind the door. <sighs> behind the door was Cooper Cup. That guy was a one-man wrecking machine, as per usual. He scored the first touchdown. He scored the last touchdown. He had 150 million interceptions in between. He just literally became this truck pulling the trailer of the 49ers offense. And you know what? Manjot said this before the game. Jimmy, Jimmy, please, just do something. Just do something. And he had done just enough to not lose the game. And kept them in it until he had to do this drive. He had this drive where he had to get them down the field at 20 to 17 to get them in position to make that kick. And only about the second or third play of the drive, he has this strange, wonderful flick pass as he was getting just assailed by the Rams defense, only to see the ball wind up just in the opponent's hands in about the most spectacular turnstile whirly gig fashion I think I've ever seen. You know, despite Debo once again being far more than a mere mortal, sometimes you just cannot overcome all the hurdles that are put in front of you by your co-workers. And while LA, I still claim that they won this more than San Francisco lost it, that late catastrophe, catastrophe, will be echoing in the memory of the fans of the faithful for quite a while. But let's go ahead and give Manjot the just desserts for picking the wrong team by the right margin, a la Taylor. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. And uh, it turns out me, Maddie C, picks the right team. So I go one for two. Uh, uh, Taylor goes one better. And this is one of these things where he'd be pissing on like a crazy person. He, di- he does pick LA. He picks LA by three. And he gets the double whammy jizz fest sandwich. Because this one finishes 20 to 17. So uh, good on you, Taylor. And you deserve this. But I think it's time to check in on our Pastry Pastries fantasy draft. They're so sweet and fresh. Really? Taylor won big last week, and he comes back this week with the first pick and takes Travis Kelsey straight up as the number one pick. Turns out that that's probably quite a wise move. In his second and third rounds, he goes ahead and picks up Elijah Mitchell, who at that stage 
um, you know, after Mixon was gone, there was kind of no good answer at running back. And then uh, you get Stafford, which, of course, was going to be a nice little move uh, as the second quarterback to go. And comes back at the very end and gets Tyreek Hill as his Mr. Irrelevant. But uh, as a wide receiver who hadn't even picked in the segment before, Manjot's team, as he gets the number two pick, he just goes out and takes Patrick Mahomes straight up, comes back on the swing to get Cooper Cup, which foolishly I left behind. Uh, sadly, he goes and gets uh, CJ Uzama in as his tight end over Kittle, which I thought was a strange move at the time, but I mean, it shows you just how far Kittle's stock had fallen and how little uh, fantasy folks are trusting Jimmy Garoppolo. And he was kind of left with um, a bunch of red-headed stepchildren as a running back to pick, and he goes out and doesn't just take Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and his other options were, what do you do? Do you take McKinnon? Do you take whatever the hell the Rams are serving up. So, I mean, the options were bad. Uh, my side, I had the third overall pick, so I got Debo just to annoy Manjot, <laughs> really. Um, and I was pretty happy with his production. Joe Mixon, who has been okay in the playoffs, I guess, in terms of fantasy. He's been fine for football purposes, but for, for fantasy purposes, oof. Um, and then I had the choice of either Tyler Higby or George Kittle. And again, <laughs> not a great choice there, ignoring George Kittle. But gee, the Higbeast, he, he already had two catches for 19 yards before he got hurt. He was onto something. Uh, and then uh, Joe Burrow was my inspired choice when I was left with all the quarterbacks. And by that, I mean Burrow or Jimmy G. Um, here's how it winds up, right? So you get that. Um, yeah, Taylor goes out and wins this one. He gets 23 from Stafford. He gets 8.5 from Elijah Mitchell, which is fine. But between Tyreek Hill and, of course, Travis Kelsey was his tight end and a one overall pick, he gets somewhere in the range of 38 points from his 69 out of those two guys. And it's enough to put him comfortably first from Manjot, who finishes in the middle for the third straight week. He finishes with 60.3. It's been around the mean score for second place as well. Uh, he gets 23 points from Patrick Mahomes, only five from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And gee, that zero from Uzama. He would have survived the 4.9 Clyde Edwards-Alaire day if he'd taken Kittle and got the win because Cooper Carb goes and lands at 32.5. He outscores every quarterback this week. Of course, Matty C, I put up the world's lowest score in history last week. And while Joe Burrow goes and gets me 24 points, everyone else combines for a little over 30, and I end up with 58 points dead last. Only a little behind Manjot, but I mean, gosh, still last. Well done, Taylor, and I feel like you deserve this. Now, we'll need 30 minutes next week for him to recap how great that was. But next week in the Pastries Pastries Fantasy Draft section, we have got a whole new approach because there's only two teams left and we've got three people playing. So you can't have, you know, traditional everyone gets a quarterback, everyone gets a running back, everyone gets a wide receiver, everyone gets a tight end. So we're going to mix that up and it's going to be a bunch of fun. But I think we should wrap this segment up by moving to the last instalment of Kicked In My Nuts. Kicked in my nuts. And now I'm paused in an awkward stance because I was kicked in my nuts. Don't tell your friends or I say you're a slut. Plus, it's your fault you're kicking my nut. I'm very sensitive, so we'll tell you that's a plus. Now I'll go home and vomit. Now, this segment has been a bunch of fun. Not every podcast will give you quality kicker analysis. And us Aussies, we take kickers seriously. I mean, God, we provide more people in kicking positions to the NFL than we do any other position. Um, if any of you have ever watched Australian rules football, it'll, it'll be absolutely no surprise. And um, here is why we are such good pickers of kickers. And that is a designed rhyme. I'm so sorry. I should have delivered that a bit smoother. But we are pickers of kickers. And I've got to tell you, I feel really vindicated in this segment. Uh, the first two weeks, I 
tied with Taylor for the win, where he and I had, um, you know, Daniel Carlson and Matt Gay each put up 15 points. Manjot comes in third. Last week, Matty C, your boy over here, goes out and gets McPherson and puts up 19 points. No worries. Uh, Taylor second, Manjot third again. Uh, poor Manjot cannot kick anything. He can't, he's kicking himself in the nuts at this point. So week three, Taylor goes out and takes McPherson, who was the top kicker the week before. He just goes, right, going to take Evan McPherson, the Bengals kicker. An inspired choice. Um, then, you know, in second place, uh, Manjot gets to pick what he wants to do there. He takes the same game multi and goes and grabs Harrison Butker, leaving me with my choice of picks from the late game. And uh, I go ahead and take Matt Gay. I feel pretty good about that. Now... No embarrassment in this because Manjot gets Harrison Butker, who, as time is expiring, goes through and lobs in a kick that puts up the 10th point of the day for Harrison Butker. Good job. Nice job. Going into overtime, though, Evan McPherson already had 11 points from having kicked all the same sorts of points as Harrison Butker had, but he'd um, lobbed in some 40 yarders to make up for the extra point he had kicked where Cincinnati had gone and thrown a two-point conversion. Now, it meant that at 11 points, you throw on the 50-yarder walk-off field goal and uh, McPherson goes and throws up 16 points. Sensational. In the late game, Matt Gay goes up and puts up 11 points. So, you know, it takes overtime to get those extra points because the, uh, you know, the Rams just go ahead and meet San Francisco in office hours. They don't need to work overtime and uh, get everyone working free extras uh, to get those points that McPherson got. So, I mean, at end of regulation, that's a tie game. It turns out that... Uh, Maddie C wins one week. Taylor wins one week. Maddie C and Taylor tie a week. Uh, it's it, it's a pretty close run thing, but we tie on forty five points each. So poor man, Joy, he's kicked in the nuts just all over the shop. Uh, three straight weeks of kicking himself in the nuts now, and and I mean, gosh, that image of the two like you know little figures kicking each other in the nuts is, is a tough visual, but uh, I've got to imagine even tougher when you get McPherson running in to boot them from 52 yards. And uh... So, ta-da! Segment done. It's been a great segment. Uh, I think you'll hear more about kickers from us in future episodes as well, because I think, uh, you know, going forward, our scoring is different. Extra points count for two in our scoring. You get four points for a 40-yard field goal, five points for a 50-yard field goal. So it's there's extra points everywhere, and these kickers all of a sudden can score as much as pretty good wide receivers. And we are going to continue to analyse kickers into the new year. That contract's as tight as a nun's you-know-what, mate, so you can't get out of this bad boy. <laughs> Jennings was more open than a porn star's you-know-what. <laughs> the drive in overtime from the Niners was longer than Ron Jeremy's you-know-what. <laughs> Someone get me an adult nappy because I am moist. All right, it's time to wrap this puppy up. As per usual, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We are at Astro League Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Astro League Pod. Next week is the last of the Astros NFL playoff show with Manchot, which is rather sad. I mean, he's been a terrific addition to the cast, and I've heard that his agent, Don Yee, has really started to play hardball around his terms to re-sign going forward. So <laughs> watch this face because, you know, we've got our crack legal minds working on it, but uh, it's not going to be easy. We will all be back next week, though, to preview that Super Bowl. We have a brilliant draft game to play in place of our traditional lineups in the fantasy draft that we've had from prior weeks. So brace yourselves and gird your loins. Uh, It's going to be great. Then in the season wrap, 
it will wrap in all ways for us here. We've done a regular Astros season wrap. We've done a finals Astros season wrap. Now we're doing an NFL playoffs Astros wrap. The usual weekly shows are going to take a break. So, you know, after over 175 episodes... 85 continuous weeks of production. We, we, Taylor and I, we've been working hard. So we're taking a break and we've been working on some content for the off-season already. Our new look and feel for the NFL season in 2022 is currently consuming the entire third floor of the Astro Cave HQ. And the place to get the latest will be to stay connected to our social media accounts all over the place. So this is the last time I'm going to do it this week. Uh, I'll do it again next week. We urge you that if you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast now. Now, don't listen to me finish the sentence. Do it now on your favorite listening app because as the shows become a little more irregular over the next few months, we would hate for you to miss an episode while, you know, if you subscribe, they're just going to pop up in your feed on a Friday every few weeks as if the world of NFL has not stopped revolving. And and we're not going to stop revolving either. We will continue to put up content. It will just be a little bit more intermittent. And who wouldn't want to get content from your favorite Aussie NFL analysts to help you make sense of it all? So, from everybody in the cast until next week, hooroo, and to quote the famous musical poets NSYNC, it ain't no lie, baby. Bye-bye-bye. Play Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.